Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. I feel incredibly unprepared today, but my name is Jessica Carter Ogle, and I'm your host. With me is my husband, Stephen Ogle. Hey. Yeah, why are you why do you feel unprepared? Because I've been home for thirty seconds. Oh, I come just on. Walked in the door from work. Yeah. You've I mean, never been so ready for anything in our entire relationship. I'm just I'm pumped to talk about stuff on today's podcast. We got a lot of good stuff yeah. on today's podcast. Um, today was a Monday uh, for work. I had to start early, so there's that going on too. I didn't sleep very well, so I feel like there's some of that going on. It's just a I just I've just had energy all day today. It's been one That's of those weird days. Very weird for you because you're normally a bit lethargic, especially on a Monday in the cold. Yeah. So this is like great. Yeah. I wish we were going out tonight. Ooh. Yeah. Why are we recording on a Monday? Uh, we're recording on a Monday. Uh, well, I guess we can bury the lead. I threw this way down in our list of things. I hit it arrowed, remember? Yeah, we can talk about it first. That's fine. Sorry. Um, our modem just crapped out yesterday several times trying to uh, watch TV yesterday morning, and that kind of ruined everything because I, I needed to go get a new modem. And our That's modem was like four years old, which for those of you that may not understand how modems work... If you have Present one, company included. If if you have one through Comcast or Spectrum or whatever your your internet service is, I highly recommend uh, going and doing just a little bit of research and buy yourself a Netgear, uh, a night a Nighthawk for a router, and just get yourself a, a Netgear modem. Even the the base model will still be better than what Comcast or those other companies will advertise, and you don't have to pay a monthly fee. Their monthly fee is like $15 or $20, depending upon the company, and you pay $100 for a new modem. So you're easily saving yourself a ton of money, number one. Yeah, about half of what you'd be paying for them, you pay for your yeah. modem. Now, granted, you have to set it up, or you have to call one of your friends that knows IT and knows how to set them up, so there's that as well. I'll post Steven's number <laughs> in, in, the po- in the Facebook post. Oh my gosh, I'm shutting my phone off. Uh, <laughs> so I went and got us a new modem, because... I don't trust uh, Comcast. I've used their stuff in the past. It's just not worth it to me. So let's also say for a second, we ordered it to pick it up from Best Buy. Yeah. Which took three hours for them to get our order ready. When we got there to check in for pickup, pickup was closed due to quote unquote inclement weather. There was barely weather yesterday. It was Michigan. So he had to go in and stand in regular line. We might as well have gone three hours early and just got it off the shelves ourselves. I stood in the regular line and then the lady after, I don't know, after I got done texting you, the lady came over and was like, oh, I I can get you over here now. And I was like, okay. So then I went to the customer service that's right there when you walk in the door. It's just stupid. But it was weird. It's it's one item. Flurries cause pickup to not be open, then you shouldn't have pickup. This is Michigan. And it was one small item. Like the lady asked me if I wanted a bag and I was like, no. So, I mean, like it was a small item, but it is what it is. Got it. Came home yesterday and got it set up. The thing is, is that when you set your modem up, you have to call the cable company and you have to give them the MAC address. Internet company. Yes. You have to call Comcast or or Spectrum or whoever. AT&T. AT&T, whoever it is. You have to call them and you have to give them the MAC address that's on the modem because then they register that on their side of things so that they are only sending the signal to your modem so that they make sure that they're sending it to the correct MAC address and it's actually yours. So it will not work when you plug in your new modem. I knew this. I googled Comcast. Also, just another small little bit of information for some of you out there. When you Google something, you will see the very top three or four will say sponsored. Don't click on those. Those tend to be a virus. They tend to be some sort of phishing. They tend to be fake. So I scrolled down past that, and I found Comcast's phone number. It was an 877 number, which is what their numbers are these days. So I called it. After being on the phone with this person for, what, 15, 20 minutes? Mind you, they just answered. Yeah. Like, hello, Comcast. Like No, like, prompts, no nothing. Odd. It rang once, no automated teller, and somebody answered. And I should have hung up immediately. But I was already in frustration mode, and... It doesn't matter how you how experienced you are in something. When you are frustrated... And under the gun because you needed internet all week for like a specific week-long project, you had to be online. Yeah, like when you're stressed already and then something ha- like this happens, 
you don't think straight. I didn't think straight. And I talked to the person for way too long. I should have hung up immediately and went, oh, I didn't get the automated teller. This is a bad sign. But I was like, wow, I actually got a person. And it wasn't until about 15 minutes into the call when the person told me that like they needed to replace my internet box that connects onto my house and Comcast isn't good enough, so they need to move me over to AT&T, of which then I was like, wait a second, I've been a customer with Comcast for 10 years. What do you mean you want to just ship me off to AT&T? And mind you, I can hear everything. He's not on speaker, but I can still hear the guy. And I know Steven's frustrated. I know I can't be asking him a lot of questions, <laughs> but I can hear this. And I'm like, what the heck? You're going to cancel our stuff, put op- optic fiber and do this, do that. And I was finally like waving my arms at Steven, like, get on hold, like, get, like, what we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this doesn't seem, does this seem right to you? Like, I, I'm not, like, this doesn't seem right at all. And so I came off mute and I was like, no offense, guy. I was like, but I don't trust that you're Comcast. I can't believe that you're Comcast. Uh, there's nothing you're going to say to prove to me that you're Comcast. So I'm not doing anything with my account. Uh, I'm going to hang up. Don't take it personal. Uh, but I'm going to hang up and I'm going to actually call Comcast again. And hopefully I'll get the automated teller and go through the prompts. And then there'll be proof that that's actually Comcast. And I said, thank you and have a good day. And I hung up. And then I called a- another Comcast number on Google that was not one of those sponsored address numbers. Actually, no, I didn't do it that way. I went to the app. Yeah, through the chat. And I went through the chat, which I absolutely despise. I hate the chat with a passion because I want to talk to a real person. I'm old school. I want to talk to a real person. Uh, I-, I don't. I don't. Despite the fact that I prefer texting, I don't like a live chat when I'm trying to get tech support. That makes me mad. So um, I told the person, I was like, look, I've gone through all your command prompts. I just want to speak to a person. I'm not doing this over chat. I need to speak to a person. And they were like, all right, bumped me up. And I got a call in a couple minutes. And then I talked to a great, great customer service tech support guy that helped me out with everything. It took still like a half hour, but we got everything all worked out and everything's been golden. It ever was since. quite but an it ordeal, was, but I'm like, oh. so Comcast is going to just come out, give us this new thing. It's going to be cheaper, mind you, and it's going to be through AT&T. I don't want AT&T. I've had AT&T. That's a, that's a pass for me. What? Yeah. You're like, like what? even when you call Comcast, they're like, welcome, Lewis. You're our gold member status person like through the auto the whole automated thing yeah and i don't know if you guys know his name's lewis oh boy here we <laughs> go with that um but yeah so it, it's just it, it was just really strange and i told the guy i was like i need you to check my account make sure everything's secure i was like because this is really strange and he assured me everything was fine and i just was thinking like if somebody like your mom's not very tech savvy. You have to help her with a lot of things. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But she would have been so confused and overwhelmed on this phone call. Like an elderly person getting a phone call like this, they would have had no idea. They'd be so confused. I mean, yes, you were distracted and you were frustrated, but you got farther than you probably would have had you been like more clear-minded and not already frustrated. Yeah. But it's like, imagine if, somebody gave this guy their credit card number. It had a, They wanted to send a tech out to the house. Who the heck was coming out to our house? Yeah, that was the thing. That the guy was like, oh, yeah, you're only getting 40% of your signal. And I was like, excuse me? I've been here it's for four weird. years. There's no way I'm getting 40% of my signal. Like, I would have noticed that when I turned on my PlayStation and did a check uh, speed or check the speed on my phone and realized that I'm getting, well, like, almost all of my connection. I'm like, what about the days where both of us are working from home? You've got your TV on down here with something in the background. I've got mine with something in the background, and we both have our phones on. Yeah. And we have not one issue with anything, and everything is fast. Yeah, that's at least six devices plus ring doorbell. Yeah. Like, we got, at any, any point in time, say, we got, like, ten devices connected. Needless to say, by about five o'clock yesterday evening, I was like, I am not doing the podcast. Like, this is my Sunday night and it's not happening. Doing it right after work, you're at least on. You've you've had your work day. You're coming in. You're not like, I was winding down with tea and pajamas. So (laughs) I didn't have time for that last night. And uh, with all that, we'd like to say a a belated happy Thanksgiving to anybody who's new to the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. We did our Thanksgiving episode last week. You can tune into that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so this past week obviously was Thanksgiving. It was also my mom's birthday. So happy birthday again to my mom. That was Wednesday. I spent the Wednesday with her. What? Well, you're bringing up birthdays. We've got two other birthdays this this coming week, so we might as well say happy birthday since we're talking about birthdays for next week. Okay. Katie. Katie, Saturday the 3rd. Are they the same birthday? They have the same day. Oh, happy birthday, Katie, and happy birthday, Jared. Yep. They are both on December, I think, yeah, December 3rd. Yeah, nice. Well, happy birthday. So anyways, we did did your mom's, uh, well, you were with her on her birthday. Yeah, I spent the day with her. We did Thanksgiving prep. I brought over, so she's a big Yellowstone fan. And I don't know if you guys know, there's a brand of whiskey that's Yellowstone. I don't think it's any affiliation to the show, but it's out of Kentucky. Um, and we went to the liquor store the night before and we got some stuff and they sent it back in a box. So it, and it just <laughs> happened to be one of the Yellowstone boxes. So I was bringing what I was referring to as a box of fun for my mom's birthday. And I wrote happy birthday, Karen from the Dutton family on it, which is the Yellowstone <laughs> family. Yeah. But I brought mimosas over there and I brought her a plant and a little piece of cake and stuff for her birthday. And we spent the day prepping for Thanksgiving and then we did a little shopping um, came home, Stephen and I watched our three classic Thanksgiving movies we like to watch, Home for the Holidays, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Son-in-Law. We talked about all these last year, but yeah. we got all those in, and then we had Thanksgiving. It was nice um, morning. Stephen slept a little bit later, and I did all of the rest of my prep and watched the parade. I got I got two other birthdays I completely missed. Okay. Uh, shout out to my Aunt Melanie. Her birthday's on the 29th, okay. and my Uncle Sam is on the 2nd. All right. Happy birthday. Steven is... I've never seen Steven so worked up about birthdays in my whole life. Not well, even mine. Not all in the same week. Not Sorry. even mine, people. So, uh, And you- I would like to say that on my mom's birthday, November 27th, 2nd, was also our adoption day for our little Sophia. Yeah. So she officially became ours on my mom's birthday. Yeah. And uh, three years ago yep. now. So, yep. So... You mentioned Black Friday and our I, movies. I did not. No, you did not. You mentioned I was Thanksgiving and our movies. Yes, those movies. Yes. Thanksgiving was very nice. It was a very nice day. Great meal, full table, full bellies. Everything went off exactly as we expected. The Lions lost. The food was great, and we had good times hanging out with your family. Yeah. Exactly as we expected things to happen. Oh my gosh, you sound like an old man. No. Just a jaded Lions fan. That's all. Just a jaded human being. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Gosh, they lost to the Bears. The Bears are terrible. They're Bears. Oh, no, the, pack, the Packers. Yeah, I was going to say. Packers are terrible, and they lost to them. Like, ugh. Well, the power of cheese. <sighs> Anyways, but uh, food was fantastic. I think my second plate was bigger than my first plate. I think and then I didn't all of have, my food was bigger than me. And then I didn't have, I might have had like one Oreo the rest of the night. I was just like. I had green bean casserole. I couldn't do it. definitely ate 4,500 calories. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. for certain. Yeah, certainly. I did as well. Um, I was totally just like, put a fork in me, I'm done Thursday night. I think we might have had a drink when we got home, or I might have had tea because I was like, I might stomach like some peppermint tea to calm my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So but it was great. So you got up early on Black Friday, unfortunately, really. due to me because self, oh. self was making noise and I I told her, I guess, too loud to, to uh, calm it down over there. And you woke me up and woke her up. But yeah. We had brought up all of my Christmas, our Christmas decorations Thursday when we got back from my mom's. <laughs> so all my stuff was ready to go and we were able to start all of our Christmas decorations and get this house like a Christmas wonderland. And I know I had mentioned how I had bought like so much stuff last year and the way I set it up this year isn't as overwhelming. Like everything's out, but it looks really nice. It doesn't look like Christmas vomit. Yes. And believe it or not, I actually like the tree being where it is. I, I feel too. like I feel it like makes it's out of the way yet still a centerpiece. Yeah, it makes it it makes the living room still feel big. When yeah. we had the the tree where it was last year, it made the living room feel small. Well, with our new furniture and stuff, like it's a good setup. We did all of our outdoor decorations, and then so, for some reason, the outlet outside went out last night. Yeah. So bummer, but we're gonna get that fixed next week. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's a Christmas wonderland in here. It's gorgeous. And when we were out on Sunday to get the router, I stopped at Target as well. 
and they had the super cute in their dollar section like red glass vase with like holiday breach embroidery in it and it was so cute but they only had one so I went out to another Target on my lunch today. They had none, so I'm still only having one, but I need two for my end tables. <laughs> so you skipped a day. I don't know. You Black Friday'd us, so I don't even know what's happening. I've been home for 30 seconds. <laughs> you skipped the big day Saturday. That was your big day. The game. I apparently, per you talking to Ricky, was just at home drinking a bottle of wine. <laughs> Mind you, I did a great run on the treadmill, put out some more Christmas decor, and only had a couple glasses of whiskey. <laughs> That's less than what I would have drank if I if if it had been revol- rolls oh. reversed. Um, Ricky was came over Saturday morning. He he's a season ticket holder this year for University of Michigan, and it is known as the game, uh, the University of Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, there's a, not, a documentary on Netflix. You can look it up if you want to. If you want to understand the longest running running rivalry in the history of college football, they've played each other the most times in college football. Um, and going into the game, Michigan had 1,000 wins, which is uh, a record. Yeah. Nobody in college football has a thousand a thousand wins. So this game was huge. There was 110,000 people there. Uh, Ricky picked me up. I don't know, like 9.30, and we went down there and uh, parked. And then, you know, it's like a 15-minute walk from where he parks to get to the game. No big deal. Layered up, snow pants, you know, T-shirt. Or Well, uh, I did uh, Long John's T-shirt, hoodie, and then I did uh, uh, sweatpants and snow pants and shoes snow and boots hat. And, no i didn't wear the snow boots oh you didn't i did not i didn't need them my body my body stayed warm i didn't get chilly until on the way back to the yeah, car all the body heat um, all the excitement all of that yeah so it was it was fantastic um it was sunny until about the game started at 12 or twelve thirty is when they started stuff and um it was nice out and clear blue skies until about one o'clock, and then it started getting cloudy. It never rained or anything, but it just got cloudy. Who won? This, this game <laughs> was amazing. The crowd was insane. They had to have been nuts. <clears throat> now I can't say on the podcast what was said, but the moment the Ohio State players came out of the tunnel to practice. The crowd was like deafeningly booing them. Like it was brutal. Very I was like, oh, I love situation. it. I was like, I love it. This is great. Um, <clears throat> fantastic. Absolutely fantastic game. It was a close game as I expected it to be. I expected it to be a 10 or, or, or a three point game. And Michigan stayed ahead the entire time. Um, they're. <laughs> They were at home. They had the advantage. Um, Ohio made some mistakes early on in the game that cost them, and they lost the game uh, 30 to 24. Michigan, Yeah, Michigan won 30 to 24. Oh, I thought it was 40 for some reason. Um, making Ohio 11 and 1, making Michigan 12 and 0, going to the Big Ten championship game next week. Which now, is cool. Oh. That's in Indianapolis, and they're playing Iowa. Yeah. I, I have one thing to say. So that makes Michigan 1,001 wins. Yes. And in Roman numerals, 1,001 is MI. So cool. that's super cool. So yeah. they're selling like a bunch of shirts and stuff because Michigan is yeah. 1,001. Um, the thing that's interesting is that uh, uh, before I get to the big part, um, I saw today that the NCAA, now Jim Harbaugh's uh, time of being suspended is is that sanction is over with that game ending and uh they the michigan organization was told that the ncaa will give them a like i guess a final ruling soon on what what to expect on whether or not he will be uh suspended whether or not the the school will be taken out of the bowl game this year all that kind of stuff so it's just it's it's a bunch of nonsense but if all that happens they've said that um Iowa won't play anybody in the Big Ten championship game if Michigan is removed. They'll just award the championship to Iowa, that is, which is 
insane. Bull crap. That is insane. Um, so a couple things happened that were very cool. Number one, Michigan never turned the ball over. No fumbles, no interceptions. J.J. was on it. Um, he got sacked one time, and that was it. And their offense, He's killing it. man, their offense was great. Their like, defense was struggling a little bit a couple times when Ohio just like Mark basically just walked down the field a couple times and scored. Granted, they were never ahead. Michigan yeah. was always ahead. But I was I was just looking at Ricky going, dude, like ten points is not enough. They need to score again. Like this is not this is Ohio. They're not they're not messing around. They're they're here to to win. Like this is no joke. They need to get ahead. After Michigan won. There's 110,000 people in that stadium. Everybody started jumping the fence and going to the field. And I looked at Ricky. We're 11 rows up in the end zone. And I looked at Ricky and I went, dude, like, they can't arrest everybody. Like, they're, what, six feet off the field about? About six or seven feet up off the field. And and the security people, they were just standing in front of the field goal post, just making sure the field goal posts don't get tore down. Because if those get tore down, that's a really bad thing. Somebody could get injured, number one, and it's a lot of money to put that back up and fix it and all that kind of stuff. So that's where they, they stood. They just stood by the field goal post, keeping people away from that. And I just looked at Ricky, and I was like, dude, I was like, we should do this. We should totally do this. This will be great. This was your idea. Yeah. I was like, we should totally do this. Let's do it. What do you say? And he was like, all right. And so I took off. He started following me, went down the benches, waiting for people. And I stepped over the rail and put my foot on the brick, my left foot. I stepped my right foot over the rail and put my foot on the brick. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going. This is this is a long way down. And I realized about halfway down that six or seven feet in the air, I'm, I'm six foot one and that is that's high when you're falling. That, yeah. That's a high distance to fall from. And I realized immediately, I was like, when I land, I need to relax and roll because otherwise I'm going to break something. Like, this is split. No, I did not want that call. <laughs> this is split second decision. And I was telling Ricky on the way back to the car, I was like, man, that would have been a great phone call. We rushed the field, but I broke my ankle. I don't um, know what's worse. Well, I'd rather be break your ankle than be arrested. <laughs> but I was like... uh, I came down on my feet and I just let myself tuck and roll, rolled out and got back up. Now, meanwhile, Ricky did not have the same uh, success that I did. On his way over the rail, somebody kicked him right in the face. <laughs> so, Sorry, Ricky. so the way he went down was a little bit different than me. He didn't injure anything, but he got kicked right in the face. And I was like, oh, dude, that sucks. But then, you know, we took videos and photos. Yeah, you sent a video that uh, was so cool. I was like, oh, my God, I'm jealous. That's awesome. We had an absolute blast. The Fox Sports guys were there for Fox, um, and they were surrounded, and they were doing their, their post-game show with Charles Woodson and stuff. And it was just so – it was so much fun. Now, it took forever to get out of there once we got on the field because oh, we bet. were just having fun. But literally, like, the atmosphere was cool. I didn't see a single person being hateful or mean or anything. I haven't seen anything on the news or anything. There was none of that at all. It was all peaceful. Nobody was shoving or anything. Everybody was just happy that Michigan beat Ohio for the third year in a row. They're going to the Big Ten Championship game. They're 12-0. and They're going to get into the playoff. Like, this, is, this, this could be Michigan's year to face Georgia – in the championship, because I don't care who faces them in the first round. They're not going to beat them. Um, but they, the rankings will come out, I believe, on Tuesday, I think, is what they'll do for the college playoff. And, um, I mean, they should be ranked number two. Ohio was number two going in. Michigan was three. I'm glad you got to go to that game. Oh, not only is that game, like, so cool, but winning it, the 1,001 MI, jumping the field, like – that's yep. a heck of a memory that you guys got to have together. So that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. We're, I'm I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get you to frame uh, one of the photos of us yeah, on the field sure. and stuff. It I mean, it's just so cool. And for him, it was a bucket list item. He's been a Michigan fan his whole life. Me, I've been a Michigan fan for about 20 years, but he's been a Michigan fan yeah. for almost what, 40. getting on the field. Just been a fan, like bucket no, I list mean, to get on the field. Bucket list or the Michigan Ohio State game. Michigan Ohio State game. That's, and then that cherry on top is getting yeah. on the field. Yeah, that was just like I mean, I mean, yeah, running on the field. That was cool. That's very cool. So yeah, we had an absolute blast. So shout out to Ricky for for uh, uh, taking me with him. And uh, 
man, it was a good time. Absolutely good time. That crowd was electric the entire time. All right, Ricky, you get four tickets next year. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Ricky. Man, that was a great time. Um, Cool. All right. What do we got next? Well, I think it's everyone's favorite segment. Da-da-da-da-da. Album anniversaries. Was I supposed to be saying something? Was that my like? <laughs> you left. You paused. I, so I said okay. No, um, you said da 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 da. <laughs> I was, well, you've done in the past a little. Tried to do a drum roll or something. I don't know. We need to try. It is. We need accurate. to insert something in there. Uh, so thanks to everybody who's been looking at our album reviews on our blog. We yes, are, thank you. Mine just went live today. Yeah. Well, Monday. Monday. We were a little behind with Christmas decor and whatnots. Yeah, and the modem going out everything in everything yesterday and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so that one's up uh, from Monday. Uh, I'll be putting one up on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and you'll put one up Thursday or Friday. It just depends on how it works, but that's yeah. a, that's our plan. Uh, so I believe I'm going to be reviewing an artist who has an album, album anniversary named Queen Herbie. And you are reviewing Incubus? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so we're not going to talk about those, but they're album anniversaries. They'll be on the blog. So from 1979, 44 years old, the 11th album of Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yep. I listened to that today. It's a good one. Yeah. I had no idea how much of that album that I knew, and it's because, once again, classic rock radio. Classic rock. I've heard everything on there. Yep. Um. So, yeah, it's a great album. Like Pink Floyd's great. Yeah, good stuff, man. Like, just good, good old fashioned seventies rock with a little bit of psychedelic stuff in there, and it's cool. That's like my Pink Floyd sweatshirt. Yeah, dark yep. side of your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, another album from nineteen fifty eight, sixty five years now, uh, is the album from the Everly Everly Brothers, "Songs Our Daddy Taught Us." And I listened to this today, and it doesn't have any of the big hits on it except for Rolling Gambler. Yeah. Um, but man, it's fantastic. It's a time capsule. Like I felt I like you I, were able to listen to all these today with doing disaster recovery. Our disaster recovery got done. I still had like two hours left to work, mm, so I just okay. turned them on in the background. Um, put on Apple Music or whatever. But I felt like I was sitting in a 50s cafe, you know, doing server you work. You want to split a malt? <laughs> I mean, that would have been great. Oh, my gosh. We'd be so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, man, great album. I highly recommend that. But, yeah, 65 years old, their second album, Songs Our Daddy Taught Us, man. What a what a great album. Yeah. Um, the very first EP from the band 68, which we've talked about on this podcast many times, the Midnight EP. This is weird. It's it's a full on homage to early Nirvana, is what it is. Well, it's only two songs. Yeah, it is raw. Like I like sixty eight. It doesn't sound like any sixty eight that I know and like. It is the hangover from the chariot. Yeah, I can it's see literally that. like he was. It's you like know, a bridge between the groups. Yeah, it's like a like four or five months being out of the chariot and this is what he's doing because he's playing guitar himself instead of just screaming so he's screaming and guitar and then they got and a drummer so it's like just two guys and man it's fantastic it's it's a great little ep it's not streaming anywhere unfortunately unless you go to like youtube to stream it off of there or possibly you might be able to find somebody that has it on ebay yeah Um, he sends me a little um screenshot of the excel spreadsheet with the albums for the week <laughs> and i pick the ones i want to listen to yeah something like podcast homework yeah and i was looking for that one and i'm like this is a band i actually want to listen to they don't have it and then he's like oh it's just two songs i'm like well, that ain't even a real thing so he just played it for me um but yeah it's 10 years old which is crazy that 68's been around for 10 years so cool i mean i heard this week we watched on black friday we watched um elf Yep. Elf is 20 years old. Yeah. Elf is Elf and Love Actually are both 20 years old this year. Yeah. That's just, That's crazy to me. Yeah. That is crazy. We haven't had like a big hit Christmas movie like that since Elf. Uh, we've had like some... stats wise. No. You don't think so? No. Legitimately, I know. I read an article today. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, next up on the list, Chris Stapleton from A Room, Volume 2. So my only complaint with this is he did From a Room Volume 1 that has what? How many songs? 
Seven? No, six, no, no, no. Eight? They, they've each got like eight or nine songs. Not nine. It's probably eight. So eight on each. His last album, Higher, came out with 14 songs. So There, there are nine songs on each volume. No I, way. I just looked. I read an article about it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I just looked. It's you on my did phone. not read, write an article or read one or anything. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You're bothering me right now. Um, <laughs> I swear it was less. Well, anyway, it, okay, well, I don't. I guess I don't have a complaint anymore, except that nine is not a lot of songs. So <laughs> I wish that he would have put volume one and volume two together as like an 18 track like double album as opposed to buying it separately because to buy the vinyl it's separate at least when you release something like the vinyl that would have been cool to put together but i'm not going to buy a vinyl that just has nine songs on it yeah if he, it that'd make for a great double vinyl yeah re-release it man i'll buy it yeah. But um, all that to say, that's just purely schematics and stats and whatnots. Content-wise, chef's kiss. Yeah, I mean. As that, always, Stapleton delivers. Yeah. he. Uh, my favorite. I wasn't allowed to album review this one because I have already done a Chris Stapleton, and it's a little too soon, he thinks. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to branch out. We got to have some. We need some more opinions on other artists from you. Uh, but Midnight Train to Memphis you. is. is uh, it's an old uh, steel driver's song that he wrote while he was with them. So uh, I, I recommend looking up and listening to the bluegrass version of that. And then, mm-hmm. no, it's not that. It's the Johnson Brothers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I forgot about that. Yeah. I would have put that in my, yeah, yeah my the, review. Yeah, the Johnson Brothers, uh, that was just a project that he did before he was doing his solo work. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I guess it's almost like classic rock in a way. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is. But uh, Midnight Train to Memphis is a song that he wrote for that band, and uh, he redid it here for this volume, and it's fantastic. So, great album. Uh, and then last on the list for this week is uh, 20 Years Old, The Diary of Alicia Keys. I listened to this, too. Uh, it feels 20 years old. Yeah. So, like, it's funny because I listened recently to that, um, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and the um, Salt and Pepper album. Oh yeah, and they are they are so timely for like the evolution of sound and artists and songwriting. You is so like you can totally tell from yeah. from that. But it was good. It was good. It's it sounds like more of a newer album. I never really listened to this one before. I listened to her first one. I've listened to ones after it but i never really listened to this one but i like it i like alicia keys yeah she's about to release on the 20 year anniversary she's going to be releasing a a, an a double like a deluxe version of the album with more songs from that time um but i love the way the album starts yeah because it's got a groove it's like a it's got a groove but it feels like i'm getting into like a harlem musical yeah for sure and it's, I mean, she is clever, man. I think that's Real the sound writing. like that she had that Salt and Pepper's album had. It's just like a, it's a time and a music and like things that you forgot. Yep. Or I did anyway, and yep. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot how like awesome this stuff is. Yep. She's she's really good. Mm-hmm. Great voice. Great piano player. Um, I've, I've seen videos and stuff where she's playing with other people and she's just, she's stellar, whether she's by herself or if she's playing with other artists that are big too, like I've seen her do stuff with John Mayer and stuff live. And it's just like the man, she has an ability to even on stage, she can just, she can feel yeah like, and that's the, that's the sign of a good artist when they can feel and, and, and just go with the artist on the stage and man, she's oh, yeah. just excellent at that. Yeah. Excellent. So, yep, that is our album anniversaries for this week. Nice. Um, Short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned last week that our album anniversaries are going to be shorter for the rest of the year because not a lot of, not a ton of albums come out in the end of November and December. So that'll be the way that goes. Uh, We have, whoo, what do we got next up? You You tell tell me, me. you tell me, host. You tell me. (laughs) Uh, We have a, a short article i found this to be interesting uh it was i in, don't even understand it it so this was in the new york times mm-hmm. and i'm gonna read it because it blew me away 
Netflix bought a sci-fi series from a director named Carl Rennish in 2018 Mm -hmm. and spent $55 million developing it. Not a single episode has been finished. Mm -hmm. So, what's that, five years now? Mm -hmm. No episodes are finished. Instead... The director reportedly spent $11 million of Netflix's money on gambling on risky stocks and buying Dogecoin. I don't know what that is. I felt old all of a sudden. Anyways, uh, which he flipped for $27 million. Mm. After that, he went on a spending spree buying five. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Five Royals, Rolls Royces. Royce, blah, 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 blah. I can't say that word right. Rolls Royce. Yes, five of those. A Ferrari, furniture, and designer clothing. And like, what's... The only feature film that he's directed prior to this was the movie 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves that is sitting at 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. How in the world did this dude dupe Netflix Netflix out of $55 million? I don't know. But there's like nothing in that about the consequences. And even with the Ronin movie, he finagled Keanu Reeves into paying for some of that. So so here's here's a little bit more. He financed the production on his own money at first and then hired mostly European actors and crew members which reduced costs and avoided Hollywood union rules. Classy. The early shoots followed punishing schedules. During a shoot in Kenya, he reportedly insisted on filming 24 hours straight. In Romania, the lead actress caught hypothermia doing a scene, bare-legged in the snow, and had to be rushed to the hospital. Um, let's see. Hold on. Sorry. I got a, wow. I got a phone call and that messed me up. All right. Um, let's see. To keep the project going, he secured an investment from 30 West and Keanu Reeves, who came on as a producer. He finished editing six short episodes ranging from four to ten minutes. He used them to pitch the big streaming companies on 13-episode, 120-minute first season. Netflix was convinced the show had potential to become a sci-fi franchise as successful as Stranger Things that could spawn sequels and spinoffs. I read that. I I didn't even know how to respond. The dude got $55 million from Netflix and didn't spend it at all on the production, and it's been five years. That's so crazy. How, like, I don't know. I couldn't read the New York Times article. This is what I got from somebody that uh, posted excerpts of the article on Twitter because you gotta I don't— pay for— You got to yeah. pay for New York Times. Screw the New York Times for that. That's ridiculous. But anyways— uh, so I didn't read the full article, so I don't know if there's any repercussions for this guy. But I was just like, how in the world did this guy get $55 million from them and then squander it on so, all kinds of like, stuff? like, Netflix cancels great shows because they apparently can't afford to make them anymore. Yet they can just give random Joe Schmo 55 mil with no, like, how, why are these companies allowed to work with this type of money if they just give it away no strings attached nobody's monitoring nobody's anything i don't understand this kind of life so uh for those of you that are listening i want you to think about since 2018 what netflix series regardless of where you are in the world what netflix series do you wish had 55 million dollars to have made another season exactly that's just crazy i know First series that comes to mind to me is a series called Bloodlines that mm-hmm. had the the uh, lead actor from Friday Night Lights, the TV show, and uh, what was that other show called? I can't remember the name of it, but it's where he got a newspaper every morning. And yeah, it, early and it, edition. Early edition. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, Kyle Kyle Chandler. Chandler? I thought you were gonna say um, Sense Eight. Oh man, Sense Eight got to close it up though because Netflix gave them. I really enjoyed Uncoupled with Neil Patrick Harris and was very excited for season two of that and 
gone. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of shows. I would have liked to have another uh, show of that, um, the one we watched with Paul Rudd, where he uh, gets a clone of himself. Once we got to that terrible ending for that show, <laughs> I didn't want to see any more. The <laughs> ending ruined that whole show for me. I'm all set with Paul Rudd's. It, it was it was a rough it was a rough ending. Anyway, so, so that's what we got for that. Um, <clears throat> so what's next? Next up, we have the WWE. Yes, they had their their fourth big tentpole pay per view of the year, Survivor Series. It's been going on now for close to 30 years. That's what we were trying to watch yesterday so we yep. could talk about it in the podcast. And the modem kept going out and the whole kablooey started. And that's why we're today. Yep. So Survivor Series had a, had uh, what they have uh, what they have now done the last two years, last year and this year, is that they have combined in a match that was made by Cody Rhodes' father, Dust, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He made it back in the oof, 1987, I think he made it called War Games. It's two rings side by side, a cage that covers the rings. And back in the day when he did it, there was a top on the cage, but the WWE doesn't do a top on the cage. But they do say if if you climb over the cage and get out, then your team is completely disqualified and you lose the match. So that's how they fix that. So five people on a team, right? Yep. Uh, The women was four on four. The men were five on five. Oh. Um. They started off with a women's match, and the women's match was phenomenal, in my opinion. Those ladies absolutely killed it. Uh, Damage Control, which is EO Sky, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, and Bailey, versus Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Yep. These ladies are some of the best wrestling athletes in the world. The stuff they do, EO Sky putting a trash can over herself and standing on top of the cage and jumping off. Like they call onto her to everyone on to everyone. They call her the genius of the sky for a reason. She's got no fear, man. Yeah. Absolutely. No fear. One arguably had it not been for a couple other things in the pay-per-view might've been the biggest part of the pay-per-view. And those ladies, in my opinion, when they went back through the curtain, they were like, good luck following that. Cause they, they went all out. So the way the, the, Match works is uh, you have two teams, either five on five and four on four. You start with two members or one member from each team. And then every three minutes, a member from one of the teams comes out. So say it was damage control versus uh, Charlotte Flair's team. They both, they both start in the ring with one member from each team. After three minutes, uh, damage control a member got to come in the next you have a odd number sometimes two on one yep and then the next the next three minutes it's the other team that gets a member that comes in and it goes back and forth the match officially starts and the bell rings when everyone is in the ring so that's the fun part you get to beat your opponent up put them through if you can take some weapons in there you can beat them up with kendo sticks chairs tables do whatever you want uh you get the advantage but once everybody's in the ring then the way to win the match is pinfall or submission Hmm. and the the ladies killed it. It was great. Damage control did not win. Um, Bailey took the pinfall, and uh, which is interesting because right before she got pinned, she saved all of her teammates from getting pinned. It didn't save her though, mm. which is interesting. <laughs> and then they showed her uh, backstage. I saw this online. They showed her backstage. She's like, "I'm gonna go." Um, she's by herself. She's like, "I'm gonna go ice my whole body." And uh, could you do me a favor and find my team? Cause mm. I don't know where they are. <laughs> so they're playing. They're doing this this story where it looks as though Bailey may be on the outs with the team that she created, Damage Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very good match. Uh, next up on the card was Gunther versus Miz. Gunther is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time at five hundred and thirty seven days or something like that, and. He wrestles a very physical European style, very British strong style meets European like strong style. Like it is a very tough style. And the Miz is an entertainer. Yeah. And I wondered how these two were going to clash. On the mic they did great. The build up was great. And there were several points in this match when I thought like I know Miz is probably not winning, but I they made me think it. And that's yeah. what makes the WWE great is like there was a point in there where like I'm 
I'm fairly certain most of the arena came off their seat because they thought Miz had just won the match. Yeah. Which is which is really good. So that was a wonderful match to watch. Um, then we got Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. I've talked to your brother and I've talked to you about this before where the WWE does this thing. They have Lucha Libres. They're from Mexico. That's a style of wrestling. It's much more high-flying, um, much more flips and coming off the top rope and things like that. But when the WWE does it, it's a showcase. Yeah. And this was the only match that was that way. It wasn't... Unfortunately, with other companies, you get this on several matches, and that's not the way WWE does their product. They give you a showcase where it matters. And these two guys... That's a good match. Good match. Good story. Um, Both physical Mm -hmm. athletes that are just... I mean, they are two top athletes, and I, I can't wait to see where Santos goes. I mean, he just... He beat Dragon Lee, and uh, he's going to be – he's moving up. Like, it's nice. great. We got Rhea Ripley defending her title against Zoe Stark. She looks like a monster, Rhea. Like, she just looks totally, like, just, like, crazy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. She just looks like, what is she going to do? Like Yeah, and, and she's been doing this thing for, I don't know, at least a year or two now when she pins her opponent – she looks psychotic. Yeah. Like she looks like almost like Harley Quinn Joker type of smile That's on her I face. Said, yeah. Sticking her tongue out. Like it's it's fun to watch Rhea Ripley. I've said on this podcast before that I think that right now I've mentioned Tony Storm from AEW and how I think she has like one of the best gimmicks, uh, one of the best characters in wrestling and one of the most entertaining things in wrestling. And and I Watching Rhea in this match with Zoe Stark, I went, I, it's neck and neck. Well, they're very different, too. I don't think that. But it, they're both so entertaining. Yeah. Um, and having watched them a long time ago, both be in NXT together and feud with one another and have matches in, you know, in arenas in, in London that have 200 people in the building. Yeah. It's cool to see them on bigger stages now. Um, and Zoe Stark has so much upside. This girl, this girl has got it. She yeah, she's is, good. I like her. She has a future in WWE. We we have not seen the last of her, and that's I like that's her really cool. and Rhea because they're like athletes over being eye candy. Yes. And the eye candy thing, I'm just very over. Yeah, they're not sexualized in either in any way. Yeah. Neither one of them are. They're they're out there to you know they're kick out there butt. to kick your ass. Yeah. So that's just that's just is what it is. Uh, the men's war games match was five on five. Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, Jimmy, or, sorry, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. I almost said Jimmy Uso. Ooh, just old habit. Um, and uh, a returning Randy Orton. Yes. Versus Drew McIntyre and Judgment Day, which is comprised of Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough. Ray. Randy Orton has been gone for almost two years yeah. with a back injury. And he looked phenomenal. I, I He looked like a beast. He looked like he has been training. He looked just like, wow. Yeah. Uh, his return, they were in Chicago. His return was big, like really big. That, the way they did the match was is that all of Judgment Day's team was there with Drew McIntyre, and then Seth, Cody, Jay, and Sammy – there, Randy hasn't showed up yet. We don't know if if Randy's here, sort of thing. Like he hasn't called. Yeah, started he has, the match and he yeah. wasn't even there yet. So he was the last competitor to enter the war games. And when his music hit, man, that crowd lost it. They Some might say they came unglued. They sure did. And when he came out, I was like, "Holy crap, he's huge now!" Yeah. Like he looks in such great shape. His shoulders are bigger. Like his neck is more. He made like, me want to go lift some weights when I saw him. But the thing was, is like his style of wrestling is also a very physical style. And I thought to myself, with him getting bigger with his shoulders and neck, he's going to protect himself better, having more muscle there. Yeah. So I, I was happy to see that. Um, and man, he came out, and we got vintage Randy Orton. We got yeah. the high spots that we get when we get a Randy Orton match, and it was cool, man. It was really cool there was a lot of nostalgia and moves that like the whole team did for him and the rkos and just all that stuff it was cool and in this match cody rhodes a second generation superstar 
Jay, uh, Jay Uso, a third, maybe even a fourth generation superstar. Randy Orton, a third generation superstar. And Dominic Mysterio, who's a third or fourth generation superstar. They yeah. had legacy yeah. in this match. They had, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They had they had threads of history that they could pull into this match yeah. for these characters, which made the storytelling even better. Um, and Randy coming back was just what we thought was the icing on the cake. And because, they won. And they won. Randy's team. Yep, Randy's team and won. And what happened right at the end? The, the de facto... Uh, Damian Priest took the pinfall, the de facto leader for Judgment Day, which mm-hmm. will be interesting to see where that story goes. But they threw up the copyright 2023 credit in the bottom right-hand corner. They panned out. We're seeing the two rings, the cage, commentary. Michael Cole and Corey Graves have laid off commentary. And then, and all, then. Of a, and then all of a sudden, C.M. Punk. After 10 years being gone from the WWE, has returned. It's crazy. And he left not on good terms. Him and Triple H were not fans. We all know he supposedly just got fired from AEW. I mean, 10 years ago, there were lawsuits with yeah. with, law, with doctors and all this type of stuff. And he's legit back. Yeah. This wasn't an appearance. Like, he's on Raw You don't tonight. make an appearance for no. WWE. It's not like that. No, this is not a Legends contract. This is not. This is legit, and he looked like he was ready to go. He looked I'm, in the best shape I've ever seen I'm him I'm interested look. to see how this goes because I never saw Punk back in the WWE days, so I don't know that. I know Punk from AEW. And he was just that. He was a punk. I didn't like him at all. And so I'm interested to see what this is. It makes me very curious about what really happened in AEW. Yep. If he was so disastrous and he was fired because he was threatening people and people were scared. But then Triple H gets him because Triple H is... At the end of the day, Triple H is a businessman. And yep. people are talking about, it just goes to show that no matter what, people can change and you can forgive and you can do all that. And that's great. Don't get me wrong, hearts and flowers. But it's a business. Yes. Triple H made a business decision above all else because just like he said in the press conference, no matter what, whether you like him, whether you hate him, no matter what, everybody's always talking about him. And and he said something that I that I liked at the very beginning of his talk about CM Punk. Um, he said, 10 years has gone by. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. He's not the same person he was 10 years ago. He's like, if anybody in this room is the same person they were 10 years ago, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. I'm not the same person I was. And if you can come together, if you can make bygones be bygones and make a good business decision... I mean, have at it. I'm not. I'm currently not a punk fan, so we'll see if they win me over. I'm a very tough one to win over. And the thing is, is that Bruno San Martino came back because Triple H talked to him and talked to Vince and got them to get in the same room again and have a conversation and come back. He talked to the Ultimate Warrior and got the Ultimate Warrior to come back. He talked to Hulk Hogan and got Hulk Hogan to come back. He talked to CM Punk. Oh, and, Triple H is a hell of a businessman. He's an athlete. Oh, he's man. a performer. He's got all of that mindset from being that for all those years and can translate that into business and knowing how to bridge those things. Like he can what what he's doing with WWE is creating something back and better than what was lost before. And the reports are is that he cleared out the gorilla position, which is right behind the curtain where all the mm-hmm. monitors are and stuff for all the producers and everything. Um, he cleared them out because he had Punk in a cleared off area and walked Punk through without any of them seeing it. He told the production truck to roll the copyright. and Yeah, when that rolled, I was like, wait, what? And then... He, you know, he yeah. had he already had somebody in the production booth that was ready to run CM Punk's music. Yeah. So literally, the only people that knew was Nick Khan, Triple H, one guy in the production uh, truck, which I imagine was probably Kevin Dunn, the executive producer, and 
The guy's in the ring. All I'm hearing is that tonight there's going to be three more hours of wrestling in my house Oof, because I, you're going to have to watch Raw. It's like watch. It's like Raw after WrestleMania, which is the best Monday Night Raw of the year. And this is it. It, it is insane because Punk's going to have a live mic in his hand in WWE for the first time in ten years. He's talked so much about the WWE in, in various interviews. He's talked about wrestling and how 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 his journey has been and how it's not been fun at certain times. He went to AEW and, and in my opinion, like if you go back and listen to our podcast, number 76, you'll hear us talk about punk getting fired. And both of us on that podcast were both not happy about it. Thought it was terrible. Thought it was a horrible thing to be happening for wrestling, for AEW, for punk. Like we didn't like any of it. And we also thought this is like, I mean, we're never going to know what actually happened. So we'll never get closure as viewers on that to know what really happened. So we'll never know the truth of who was actually in the wrong. All we know is what we think happened, which is that supposedly punk lunged at Tony Khan. And he said he feared for his life. I just now, find I don't, it hard to believe that triple H is then hiring that guy. I, there is, I, I'm going to say this and, uh, I 100% do not believe that Triple H would hire CM Punk if he legit lunged at Tony Khan. I mean, and who knows? See, Triple H wasn't there. He wasn't there. And it's a heat of the moment. You've got testosterone pumping and you've got like, yep. it's a whole different animal. So all I can say is that I hope that trip, that Punk being here... I don't want to see the punk that showed up in AEW. I don't want to see, I don't want to hear the punk on the mic that was in AEW. I don't want to hear all of that. If he opens tonight and does all his little speeches and soliloquies and all of this stuff, that's not what I want. I want like a punk that's there to like take care of business and I want him to come in and tell us what he's going to do. Not, oh, it's so great to see you. I love everybody and sunshine and flowers. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is that the reactions in the ring between yeah. him and the wrestlers that were there, the Judgment Day guys, they were just like, oh, really? Because, yeah. you know, they're bad guys. They're not supposed to be happy that another good guy's there. Um, Randy Orton, him and Punk saw each other. And Punk did his Randy Orton did a Randy Orton pose that Randy Orton always does, and then Randy Orton did something that Punk always did, and then they waved at each other. And I was like, "What year is it yep. right now?" And then Seth Rollins lost his mind. Lost his. I love Seth Rollins. Mind. He was so mad. The supposedly, but the, it was great. The conversation today about whether or not Seth is is legitimately mad or if it's part of the story has been so, like... So far, so good, WWE. I mean... Really? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And Seth Rollins is the perfect guy for it. Yeah. He's the perfect guy for it because he did the same thing with Logan Paul. He made... Before him and Logan Paul had a match, he did all of his social media talking about how Logan Paul didn't belong there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, then I still feel like that's... And then he, in a match with Logan Paul, he made everybody look like, hey, I guess Logan Paul actually does belong here. Because no. that's how much of a wrestler and a, and a professional that Seth Rollins is. Yeah. He knows what's best for business. I'm interested to see the, the oh my gosh, I can't think, feud between those two. Oh, it's going to be great. And Seth Rollins has got the world title. So it, yeah. if I'm WWE, I'm not waiting to put a title on Punk. I'm not doing it. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting any further than the Royal Rumble in January. Yeah. Because... This is strike while the iron's hot. Do it. Yeah. And the two most sold t-shirts as of this morning was number one, Randy Orton's new shirt, and number two, CM Punk's new shirt. And my assumption would be number three was R-Truths. Because <laughs> he also came back. Triple H was hilarious on the press conference. He's like, all right, so let's get to it. The big return, R-Truth. That was hilarious. Yeah, and... And the thing R-Truth is, our truth is great in his own right, though. He's he's some comedy, um, a little comic relief, and it works. Our truth does something that nobody else in wrestling can do. Nobody else can be as funny as our truth. Nobody can go out there and say things that are absolutely ridiculous and make no sense, except for our truth. And people enjoy it; they love it. Yes. They're not; they don't think he's stupid or like, why no. is this guy here? They're like, oh, this guy's fun. And it all started 
about 10 years ago when he was with John Cena and they were like tag team partners and he walked out and said the wrong city name. Yeah. And then it turned into a thing and he's made this a thing. It's legit. He's hilarious. His backstage antics are funny. His skits with them, they're the yeah. the stuff they do is funny. His matches are great. He tore his ACL last year in NXT because he went down to NXT to help build NXT. Yeah. And he got injured while he was in one of his many matches that he had down there. So I love the fact R-Truth is back. We're going to get some antics tonight on Raw that are going to be funny. Yeah, we got some people back, and I think it's going to be... I mean, I'm not going to sit down there for three hours and watch it, but... And also, we got Becky and Charlotte together on a team. They were also feuding in real life and didn't like each other for the last two years. And they've made amends and were on a team for their War Games team and... And they did the press yeah, conference WWE together. WWE must do some really good team building outings from an HR perspective. It's really nice to see everybody come together. It's interesting to watch a company that's been around for a long time, like, I don't know, 50 years, mm-hmm. in which they know how to do business. Mm-hmm. They know how to put personal aside and do business. I mean, they're sort of the blueprint. And if you're an up and coming company, you would it would be in your best interest to try to make the blueprint your own as opposed to trying to ignore it and do your own thing to disastrous outcomes. That's all I'll say there. I think that's a great ending for where we're at. So where can they find us? Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, WordPress. If we can just say 918 at gmail.com. Like we said, we'll have some blog posts coming out this week. We'll post about that. Um, Like, listen, subscribe. Please share. Please tell your friends. Please give feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Anything that you've got to say, as long as it's kind. Yes. And uh, if you were at the Michigan game, uh, drop a photo on one of our posts this week because I'd love to see where you were at. I'd send you a photo of where I was. But I think I think I put it up on Instagram, didn't I? Did I don't I? know. No, but we will. We'll put it up in our yeah. post. Yeah, cool. Insane. So yeah, uh, that's all I can. All we can say this week. Ooh, bye, Woo. y'all.